It's time for the Drive's Top 4 at 4. Hour number two of the drive underway here on Fan Run Radio, live this afternoon at National RX in Farragut. They're working hard out here, making it happen. We send things back to the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios where Marcus Young is standing by your top four at four. Marcus, what do you got? Thank you, Russell. Uh, Number one, we have Oklahoma and Texas will be joining in 2025 as the early exit talks have stalled. It's yeah, got to I be a mess. That, that is um, a little bit frustrating. I thought that maybe Tennessee or uh, the Oklahoma and Texas could get out that earlier. That seemed to be the narrative is that it was going to be 2024. But it looks like, for now anyway, two more years in football of the SEC East. Maybe we can win it one more time for old time's sake. Yeah, after weeks of negotiation, both schools were are now going to be slated to join the SEC in 2025. Sources said the parties couldn't come to terms amid a complex negotiation involving two schools, two networks, which are ESPN and Fox, and then the Big 12 itself. So I'm sure conversations will probably start heating up again soon, but as of right now, we still have a little bit of time to wait for them to get here. Uh, at number two. Head over to the NBA as Kyrie Irving has asked the Nets for a trade ahead of the deadline. The Brooklyn Nets star has told the franchise that he wants to be traded ahead of Thursday's deadline, source told ESPN. He uh, had previously requested to be signed and traded earlier this season before deciding to officially stay for this season and opt into his final year of his max contract. But apparently him and the Nets are no longer happy and he wants out once again. Kyrie Irving, very likable. Right, Bear is. Uh, oh yeah, he's just a easy to root for kind of kind of player, isn't he? Yeah, really, really connects with the with the common fan. Yeah, I just see a lot in common every time I hear anything about him. Oh yeah, every wish time. him the best. <laughs> <laughs> Man, at number three, uh, Deuce Carl Austin says that there was a men's basketball used in the first half of their Florida State game that they had that they lost. Saw that. That is for a whole half. Yep. So uh, after their team beat Pittsburgh uh, 53 44 on Thursday, Lawson ended her news conference by speaking about Sunday's game, saying this would never happen in a men's game. Uh, It's embarrassing for our sport. The circumference of a a women's ball is about an inch smaller than a men's ball and typically two ounces lighter. While it may not seem like a lot, that's a big difference. Yeah, I mean, she's absolutely right. I, I can't believe that nobody noticed that. And I, I read about this this morning. That the players were complaining about it the entire first half. A Duke coach went over to the scores table at halftime and was able to quickly figure out what's going on. I can't believe that because if anybody has ever played with both, and most people who've played any basketball, you've come across a women's ball at, at, at a time, and yeah. there's such an obvious difference in size and feeling i can't believe that like at the well first of all i can't believe the officials didn't notice right off the bat Hmm. but like the first free throw when you hand the ball to the shooter and they dribble it and hold it like i can't believe that the first player to shoot a free throw in that half i'm assuming there were free throws shot in the first half didn't say wait a minute this is a men's ball what's going on here and and just hand it over to the ref i mean it's there's there's so significantly different 
Because Houston will show. Houston shows up. He got a. He's got a. I think it's an old lady Vols practice ball, and he brought it to the the radio station basketball tournament. And that thing. Was, I just remember being it. Yeah, in in gym class growing up. I mean, there's always women's balls around, and you get one, and it's just like and it noticeably is, different. Yeah, and it it is quite a bit easier if to make shots with because I mean it's an inch smaller. Uh, the, the crazy part of it is Lawson said we had concluded through our investigation that it was a men's ball. The conference and Florida state is saying that it wasn't the ACC said it did a comprehensive review, talking with game officials, administrators, the table crew, and both schools quote saying following through, uh, an, an objective review process, there was no evidence found to support the claim per NCAA playing rules. There is no appeal or protest process. So, yeah, I feel like it's a complete failure by the NCAA, which honestly, as we've known, they have been a failing point for a while. I just don't understand why Florida State, Russ, wouldn't, you know, I mean, if it's that obvious, why are they trying to act like it wasn't It wasn't a men's ball? Yeah, um, I, I don't know. That is utterly bizarre. It's It seems like something that there's – it's a black and white area it's a yes or no like I, I don't understand how there could be disagreement i if you want to get all conspiracy theory on it like i could see how the florida state team would want to even if they thought something funny might have happened deny it because they won the game and they don't want to have any sort of you know uh doubt cast upon that but it's just an all-around strange situation and finally at number four tennessee men's basketball team will be playing auburn Tomorrow, 2 p.m. on ESPN. Number two, Tennessee will take on the number 25 Auburn Tigers. They are a nine-and-a-half point favorite still, Russell. Tennessee's a nine-and-a-half point favorite? Uh, according to what I see here, unless it's changed. Wow. That's a big line, big expectation. I just feel like, Bear, there's a recurring theme here where every time we take a win for granted, it ends up not happening. I'm not taking tomorrow for granted. I'm not saying that just to, you know, um, play uh, some psychological game here. I, it's Bruce Burrow, man. I don't, I don't feel good about this one at all. I mean, I'm nervous, but I, I think we talked about this yesterday. Doesn't Rick Barnes have a really good like bounce back after a loss? Yeah, he very rarely loses two in a row. I can't remember the last time it's happened. Well, thank you. Marcus, that is your top four at four. Brought to you this afternoon by our friends at Jets Pizza. Appreciate Angie for hooking it up with some food again here this afternoon. They are looking for shift leaders over there at Jets Pizza. So if you're looking for full-time work, uh, part-time or full-time, work they've got it available for you uh, if you want to deliver if you want to work inside making pizza or if you're looking for more of a management position they are looking for shift leaders now as well over at jet pizza and farragut it's a great place to work so go in check them out over here right next to national law rex in farragut tell them fan run sent you and join their winning team Russell Bear and Marcus with you here this afternoon talking a little bit about Bruce Pearl and the poll is in the field. Ladies and gentlemen, do you still have positive feelings for 
Bruce Pearls. He gets set to make his return to Rocky Top tomorrow in a 2 p.m. tip-off against the Volunteers. 251 votes cast on my Twitter feed. Bear, 57.8% of the audience says? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Still got love for Bruce. There's no, I wouldn't want to go back. Two point two percent that say no, and and judging from some of the comments, some of which I cannot read, some of y'all <laughs> got foul mouths out there. Um, it's emphatic no. <laughs> and I, I I get that. Like I wouldn't want to go back. I love where we're at now as a program, uh, but do appreciate everything he did, and it was a hell of a lot of fun. It, it was it, he, we had a hell of a ride with him. talk about it 865-546-8200 your number to get on the big orange phillies phone lines 546-8200 and uh, we get back to it this afternoon phil is next good afternoon phil what you say, w? hey philly how are you oh uh, hanging in there how are you bearing uh Markstow? doing well doing well ready for a big sports weekend here and it starts with our guy, Bruce Pearl, yeah. coming back to town. It's Buck Pearl Day, and it's Utah Day. You know what that means. <laughs> Actually, I don't. What does it mean? <laughs> it means he'll be calling pretty soon. Oh, yes. Well, I mean, he's been working, and those uh, Jamie Utah calls are, have been few and far between. They've been bangers when they happen, well, but um, I know he still well, has a soft spot in his heart for one Bruce Pearl. When Buck when Buck's around, he's gonna call. I, I mean, I still, I still, I still love Buck Pearl. It was such a fun I've time. I've met Mark in my life, and I've met Bruce Pearl four or five times. I mean, uh, there's there are areas that I think that the one good thing about Bruce Pearl, Bruce, Bruce Pearl cares more about the Tennessee fans than Burke Mars does. Hmm. I, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. I just think they had different ways of showing it. And Bruce was more like he um, he would pander to Tennessee fans. Like he would go all in, and that's just not Rick's style. But uh, there was more of a connection there, that's for sure. Well, I mean, he was very uh, similar to uh, Ray Mears was the same way. Yeah, I think really, the two greatest coaches the in Tennessee way. history are very similar. Ray and, Barnes and, uh, and Ray Mears, Bruce Pearl and uh, and Ray Mears. The other thing I think about Phil is, I, I believe it was you who coined the phrase Tennessee before Pearl got here. It was just upper level mediocrity. Even when Jerry Green was going four straight NCAA tournaments, they had some okay teams. They had some really bad teams too, but it was just Tennessee basketball wasn't a thing before Bruce Pearl here got here. And it's, you know, the, the way he built it so quickly and was so accessible and it was just instantaneous success. It was so unexpected and it was so yeah. much fun. I think we've gotten a little bit spoiled since that. I mean, that's been uh, 15 years plus and Tennessee's just been in the NCAA tournament so many times since then that we've come to expect it, which you go back to 2005, that was not the case, man. It was kind of stunning to see Tennessee in the NCAA tournament. Well, he took what was there and did something with it. I mean, they had, you had C.J. Watson, you had Chris Lofton, Juwan Smith, 
Major Wingate, Andre Patterson, uh, Stanley Asunu. That's pretty good ball players right there. It was an exciting team. It was exciting times. And, yeah, I, I think if uh, you were – if you have memories of, of those years, you have to have a little bit of love for Bruce Pearl. Still kind of weird, though, to see yeah, him coaching I mean, another team in the arena. The, I mean, Rip Barnes has done a good job, but he's not that Pearl. And um, hopefully we'll get lucky and, and advance in the tournament. Uh if Rick Barnes could get past the Sweet 16, then I think people around here would think more highly of him. But uh, And then our losses, when we get beat, we look, it's the most awful basketball you've ever seen. If Rick can get this team to an Elite Eight this year, and they lose in the Elite Eight, don't go to the Final Four, don't you have to say that he's accomplished more here than Pearl did, Phil? If it were, well, yeah, none of it, though. If he does... I'll give him credit. He ain't done it yet. And do you foresee what we're doing in our guard positions? We're going to get to Elite Eight? I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to sit here and say yes to that for sure. I mean, that that cat, uh, Calipari showed people how to beat Tennessee, and now everybody's coughing in it now. What's the formula, Phil? The formula is uh, all you got to do is hug our guards and keep, don't let them get a wide open three. They're not good enough to take it to the hole and create their own shot. And we're, and if, if you're going to get beat by our post players, and our post players aren't going to beat anybody. Conway, he'll, he'll show up one game out of five. That's pretty much the formula, isn't it? It's, yeah, I mean, it, it's, here's the thing, though. You, you said it's the formula, and, and I think you're right. I'm not going to argue with it, but it's worked twice this year, Phil. It's worked twice out of over 20 games. It's pretty good, right? Yeah, it's great, ain't it? <laughs> I beat my Florida. I Bruce Pearl Cologne beat Florida. That's not a good sign for uh, tomorrow. And you say we're a nine? Did the Barker say we're a nine and a half point favorite? That's what the man said, Phil. Stand by yeah. the facts. Oh, Barker's pretty cool coming up with stats like that. You know, <laughs> it's not me. I drink a couple more beers and feel better now. See you. Oh, it is Friday. He's playing all the hits today, wasn't he? Time boy, for oh Phil boy. to get blowed away. I mean, that, that that could have been a lot more negative than it was, I feel like. Better than yesterday. It, it did garner a vote uh, for call of the week so far. From one, that? That call from one Bill, Billy Williford. I swear to God. Billy Bill, Williford was texting me. He said, yesterday. Phil, Phil is an elite basketball mind. Billy Willie trying to pretend like he's not the ringleader for critical of uh, Rick Barnes. You know, he's loving this. Oh yeah. He, um, he, he's a part of that, you know, still 10 to 15% of our fan base that would push Rick in front of an oncoming train. If it meant they could hire Bruce Pearl back oh, right now. Yes. Shameful. 
absolutely shameful. I mean, they're the ones that, 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 you know, he probably thinks that War Eagle Karen was treated poorly last year by our Billy fans. Willie and Philly, two peas in a pod. Billy Willie, Philly, Jamie Utah. Let's get Diablo in here next. Good afternoon, Diablo. Hey, good afternoon, man. The trifecta of sports greatness. How you all doing today? Hmm. If you meet those guys, introduce me. I'd love to meet them, Diablo. Thank you. Doing well, thanks. And I'm blinded right now by this large orange orb in the air. I don't know if it's the sun (laughs) or if it's another Chinese balloon. (laughs) I I love it, man. All we had to have was the Chinese balloon to coax the sun out from behind the clouds. We should have had it a long time ago. I mean, can you actually, like, say that thing was floating over, like, your house and you had a high power. I mean, is it flying low enough to where you could take it down with, like, a rifle? Well, somebody did. Hold on. I want to give proper credit here this afternoon. Um, somebody was in my text box asking which one of our listeners was most likely to shoot down the Chinese spy balloon. Which one of our listeners? I don't know. We we could probably put together a a, a four name uh, poll for it. Let the people vote. I'd give it a go. Yeah, I'm thinking you, Dr. Vol, Utah. Totally see Jamie taking a shot at it. Hey, guys, I did call a sports show. I better ask a sports question. So uh, let me ask you this. We beat Auburn tomorrow. That's we're going to do split out this week with a loss to Florida and a win at Auburn. So uh, the hypotheticals, where do you think Tennessee's men's program is going to be ranked if we split this week? And where do you think we'll be ranked if we don't split this week, if we go 0 for 2? Hmm. I think if they split, I don't. I don't think they'll fall very far, uh, five-ish, give or take a spot. You know, uh, Bama didn't fall very far when they got beaten by uh, much worse by a much worse team. So I don't think the fall would be too precipitous. Um, if they lose them both, yeah, I, I think then you might fall out of the top ten. I think down down there around ten or so. Russell, do you think though that Alabama gets more? Uh, respect nationwide from the sports voters than, than Tennessee's program? I mean, I, I, that's just a question I'm asking. Well, I think, that, first of all, they have one less loss. So, I mean, that plays into it. I do think that the perception that they have a better player, you know, they've got uh, Brandon Miller, who's one of the best players in the country this year. And Tennessee, as we've talked about, is a team that's where, you know, the whole is better than the sum of its parts. And they're more of a uh, – they, they don't have – one star guy like Alabama does. And um, so I think that Bama's a little bit more flashy in that regard. And quite honestly, I would have to say just impartially that I I think they are a better team than Tennessee right now. Now, hopefully Tennessee can beat them at home and we'll have the home court advantage. And if they do that, then Tennessee, you know, will, I would say they're the better team. But uh, as it stands right now, my gut is just having seen them play a couple times, I think Alabama certainly a little bit more explosive than Tennessee. Well, gentlemen, I think tomorrow is a game that Tennessee will either be uh, exposed as a contender 
or a pretender. Mm. Mm. Feels like a big Other one, than, doesn't it? Yeah, I think so. Hey, uh, switching gears, the NCAA investigation with the football program, is there a period of time where at some point they just shut that down, or can that just go on and on and on and on? Is there a, I mean, a I, limitation? Yeah, um, I, I think that the that there there is a timeline. I don't have it in front of me, but it's like, you know, Tennessee got the notice of allegations in the summer, and they had 90 days to respond, and they took about all 90 days, and then the NCAA has, I think, 90 days to respond to that. And I think those 90 days are coming up soon here in the next month or two. And um, at that point, I, I believe it's done unless there's an appeals process that Tennessee can go through at, at that point. But um, I, I think it's pretty much on schedule right now. I, I would be stunned if this thing is not resolved by the time next season starts, one way or the other. All right. Well, going out the door, guys, uh, have a great show. Have a great weekend. And, hey, uh, Tyreek Key, it's a shame that he uh, looks so much like Allen Houston and shoots like Whitney. See you, guys. Oh, that was we just slapped uncalled him, for. Slapped him across the face. That was, a, that was uncalled for. That was a film oh. level type of, type of dropout, too. Hey, huh? but before I forget, it, the, the question about which one of our listeners, that, that's been decided. T-Cart. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. <laughs> I hadn't thought. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey boys. So. Hold on. I'm going to shoot down this balloon. I'll be right back. I mean, he hasn't been around the past 24 hours. Are we sure that he's not on top of a mountain with his rifle and his scope? I mean, he could be. He just tweeted, though. He liked the tweet, but yeah. Fan run, or the drives fact checker. Brian, on Twitter, brought it to my attention that we've been neglecting to think about T-Carp. It's true. 865-546-8200, your number. we got to take a quick timeout right now. We'll be right back with more of your phone calls as the drive continues on Fan Run Radio. Ben Run Radio. The drive continues. 1057 FM, 1340 AM, streaming online, fanrunradio.com, your free fan run app, a variety of ways for you to experience the program this afternoon. Boys, uh, how far are we doing with the uh, podcast so far? Oh, today? it's it's, it's going it's going well. He's getting we're thoroughly training Ben on every aspect of it. And we're not gonna have any more mistakes for a while, Russ. I've got faith in young Ben Slotnick. And Marcus Young. I'm I'm overseeing Marcus overseeing <laughs> his training. All right. Do you have faith so in me, Russell? Somebody's mining the shop while I'm gone. Benny Slots. It's our boy. Benny Slots. That's his new nickname. That sounds like the kind of character I'm going to find. Uh, you know, Boardwalk Empire meat hook in a froze in a freezer in Goodfellas or something. They call him Benny Slots. He could work the slot machines. He's a mechanic. Let's go back to the phones. 865-546-8200, your number to get on the Big Orange Phillies phone lines. And Martin is next. Good afternoon, Martin. Good afternoon, Russell. How you doing? Russell, what type of job do you think Alex Abram will do as tight end coach? 
Well, I mean, there's no track record to go off of. Um, my gut is Josh Heupel hired him for an offensive staff position, so he must be pretty good because Heupel has a really good track record of, of that so far. So I think that he's going to be just fine. Yes. And we've got the tight ends of our – we've got three walk-ons, and one of them is Charlie Browler. He's out of Kingsport. Mm-hmm. And Hypo had him on scholarship at Central Florida. Yep. And Hypo brought him with him as a preferred walk-on. That he's a Martin player, and by that I mean a guy that is overlooked, but probably shouldn't be, because I think people say oh, he's a walk-on, you know, local guy, like it's just one of those type deals, but. He's like six foot seven. I think he's 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 big target. And like you said, Martin, he was a scholarship player at UCF, which is fixing to be a, a, a power five school once they move to the Big Twelve. And um, I think he's a pretty good prospect myself. And you know, I don't know that I expect huge things from him this year, but maybe at some point he could be a contributor. Do you know how many years he's got left? I believe, I mean, he didn't play any this year, so I, I think he's got at least two, if not three years. Yes. Well, I don't have any complaints for what Hypo does about the tight end coach. And How could you? What I heard was some people didn't like it because because uh, Abram didn't have any uh, recruiting experience on the road, but I believe he'll do all right because we need, we need young Young coaches over there, Russell, they can get out and get to it. And they can yeah, work I mean, hard. The more, the more I look at it, Martin, the more I like it. I mean, obviously, Heupel sees something in him, and he's young. He's not going to go anywhere anytime soon. You probably get him at a little bit of a discount, save a couple hundred thousand dollars. That's always nice. And who knows? I mean, maybe – He's the next Alex Golish, who, I mean, that, he, he was a guy that nobody knew when, when he brought in here uh, with Heupel. So maybe he's a guy that, you know, five, six years down the road, Joey Halsley gets a head coaching job. Maybe, maybe it's young Alec Ablin becoming the next Golish as far as Heupel's right-hand man running the yes. offense. You never know. Yes, and what I think is, I'll tell you this and let you go. Mm-hmm. We need young coaches over there because – Russell, M coaches work so hard. It's a really good point, man. There's never a time off. Well, and we've heard, you know, Pruitt was bringing all all these, you know, big names that he wanted to bring in, all these guys off the Saban tree, all these retreads. The hypo thing has taught me, bring me something new, something different. We don't have to get some guy to come here be an assistant just because he coached at Georgia for a couple of years or because he's been in the league. You know, experience can be overrated. Bring me something new. I trust Heupel to identify that, and I would be absolutely stunned if Alec Abel is anything other than Abel and a sterling success. Here is his time at Tennessee. Yes. Did you hear more uh... – Irving is wanting traded from the Brooklyn Nets. No, I, I've not been following that story other than to know that uh, he's requesting a trade. That means you want him on your Celtics again, Martin? What now? 
You want him back on your Celtics again? No. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> no. He's got a knucklehead, isn't he? What he did on the, on the court that time was awful. They said he what was did... running up and down the floor and and talking, hollering at the fans and everything else and wouldn't play the game right in one of the playoff games. That didn't sit well with Martin Russ. My Celtics will be there again, hopefully. If they don't, they'll make the semifinals if everybody's healthy. Sounds like they got a pretty good squad again. Good stuff, right, Martin. Enjoy your weekend, sir. You too. All right. Martin checking in on the Big Orange Phillies phone lines. 865-546-8200. The Bruce Pearl question getting a lot of reaction on the Twitter sphere. What's it got? Tyler says, Martin's calls are always a nice palate cleanser after a fill call. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's because he's got this positive energy about him and a very calming demeanor. Well, he's he's wanting to always talk about the future and making moves and players. and He's very forward thinking. Yeah. His eye's always on the ball. He, he keeps his eye on the ball. He's wanting to know who we're bringing in, what coaches, expectations. He's a hard sports news guy, Martin is, isn't he? Mm. VFFL198 says, I don't think people remember Bruce and Stevens' last season at Tennessee, 19-15 and 15 overall, 8-8 eight and eight in the conference, got blown out 75-45 to 45 by an eight seed in the first round. I was at that game, and it was the most embarrassing loss I've witnessed by a Tennessee team. Total disgrace. No. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, I mean, we could sit here and rehash the I – mean, there's plenty of bad stuff to talk about. And that's why I said I've, I've just kind of let it all go, man. I mean, I look back fondly on those days. It was a hell of a lot of fun. But I wouldn't go back. I like what we have now. He um, – and, you know, to be fair and honest, that – Last season, what you know, he had the suspension, you had the investigation. It, there was just a cloud of scrutiny over that season. That if it hadn't been there and things were going swimmingly, no NCAA stuff going on, uh, they would have been better than 19 and 15, would have been better than a nine seed, and certainly would have gotten, wouldn't have gotten blown out there at the end. My, my biggest issue with that season looking back, I was like, he was starting Stephen F. and Pearl in front of Jerron Naaman. I mean, come on now. I hold I, that's one thing. I hold stuff like that against him more than some of the other stuff. I bet you wouldn't be saying that if he had played at Catholic instead of West. Yeah, I would have. He wasn't good Let's enough get... to play at Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get Sharpie in here next. Good afternoon, Sharpie. Wow. That's where uh, you decided to go, Sharpie. Really. Yeah. Yeah, had to escalate to 11. You couldn't just go to 8.5 and let it hover awkwardly there. You had to, like, spinal taps, amps, go all the way up to 11. Within five seconds of your phone call, that's how you're going to play it this afternoon? Oh, sure. Uh, oh, sure. This, this is not even, I'm not even going to waste any more time on you, Sharpie. Uh, but. 
What are you doing, man? Enjoy your break, bro. Enjoy your break. 865-546-8200, your number to get on the Big Orange Phillies phone lines this afternoon. Now, I will say one of the most epic Bruce Pearl stories of all time went down over there at West High School when he got thrown out of the gym that night. I don't think anybody will deny, especially Bruce himself would probably not deny. He has a high motor. (laughs) Runs a little hot from time to time. Sam says two sweet 16s and the only elite eight in program history and a guy that loves Knoxville and this university. You bet I still got love for Big Bruce. I mean, it's just a lot of good. Like I said, there was there was tons of highs and some of the lows, and I mean, there were several black eyes. And let's not forget the and, and I love all the kids. Uh, I wish them not. You know, they're grown men now. Felt bad for them when it happened, but I mean, you're getting players pulled over with firearms and backpacks full of weed and. That's true. That, that That is not something you have to worry at all about happening on, in a Rick Barnes program. No. Huh. And that's, you know, that's what, I, I mean, we've got a program we can be proud of. We're in the top 10 year in and year out. We're, you know, living in the tournament these days and things are good, man. No embarrassment. Don't ever have to worry. Corn Pop says, if by Bruce Pearl you mean Rich Barnes's daddy, then yes, I still have positive feelings toward him. See, that's... What do you call him, Rich Barnes? Rich Barnes's daddy, that's just the kind of thing you don't need, man. We don't need that negativity up in here. Come on, Jamie. It's not good for anybody. What are you doing? He had made really big strides this year, too. He got on the hype train. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I thought that he was finally learning late in life, but he was still learning. Obviously, says, I was mistaken. I, I, Brian says, I don't have fond feelings towards Pearl. He coaches at Auburn. I only give a bleep about Tennessee players and coaches. I can support that, too. I feel a lot of different ways about Pearl. Like, I can totally get where Brian's coming from. Do you do do we worry about this this negativity, this dirty underside that we talked about yesterday that's that seeps out with every loss that you know is threatening to just explode every time Tennessee plays poorly. Do we worry about that negativity drowning out the hope and helping to create you know, a a self-fulfilling prophecy where Tennessee players and coaches feel that expectation. They feel it, man. They'll say they don't, but they do. Uh, The expectation of another postseason failure and, you know, thus making said failure inevitable. Yeah, and it it, that sucks, man. And there's no other nicer way to put it. It it, it just it does for them because, make no mistake, nobody's working harder 
than those guys to make sure that doesn't happen. Nobody wants it more than those guys within, you know, there at the complex from Barnes down to the Water Boys. Somebody sent me a link to um, Kessling's interview with Barnes on the coaches show. Yeah. This week, it was really, really interesting because he talked about growing up in North Carolina and uh, about his youth. It was very insightful. I'd never heard him talk like that before. But he made a, you know, he he did the thing all coaches say, oh, I don't listen to talk radio or read the newspapers or anything like that. But he also said, you don't have to because you you know what they're saying. <laughs> like he's like it doesn't take a genius to know what the narrative is. So, like to me, that was Barnes's way of acknowledging. It's like, look, I I know that people are frustrated at times with me and the program. And heck, you remember Conzo's last year, where the team was underperforming until the fans exploded in a fury of negativity and they burst forward. And, uh, you know, people might say, well, maybe that happens this year again, too. Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know. But uh, that could go both ways. Right? It could be a good thing. It could be a bad thing. I don't feel from players that, I mean, that, that, that thing was about to get ugly there with Conzo and it kind of did. Yeah. The, the petition I, was a bad look and yeah. just that, you know, when it's your team has basically circled the wagons and it's them against the the world, including their fan base, that's not good. And it really it kind of tarnishes the memory of what should be. Man, we were one bad call, and you know, Jarnell probably if he just dishes that ball to Jordy, uh, you know, we're probably going on. He matches Bruce Pearl. To the Elite Eight. Again, in that Michigan game. What a fantastic ride the end of that season was. 865-546-8200. Your number. Uh, lines available for the first time this afternoon. <laughs> They've been popping uh, ever since yesterday with the, the loss. And, you know, we talked about earlier in the show how, like, it, it feels like some of the buzz that – the, this rivalry with Auburn and Pearl had been characterized by in recent years has, has kind of died down since Tennessee won that game last year. And, man, we talk about last week against Texas being such a big game for Barnes, and it was a big game atmosphere, and Tennessee rose to the occasion. And, you know, this this should be a big one tomorrow, too. I know Auburn's not ranked quite as high, but with the loss Wednesday, there's a lot riding on this thing to me it's like the caller earlier asked if tennessee loses tomorrow like how far do you fall in the polls i don't want to find out you know i think if they win tomorrow i don't think the fall will be too precipitous i don't see him falling much past fifth or so you're still in this thing still in the hunt for that one seed but if you lose i think it becomes really hard if not impossible to even be in that conversation anymore so this is a big one tomorrow let's talk about it some more when we continue the Drive on Fan Run Radio, I'll speak of the devil. Jamie Utah will join the festivities when we continue next right here on Fan Run Radio. Right. Fan Run Radio, The Drive continues. Russell Bear, Marcus, back with you on a Friday afternoon edition of the show. Company Live this afternoon, National Law Rex in Farragut, where they've got a full line 
line of Ananda Professional CBD products for you to choose from, including the sleep-enhanced CBD oil here from Ananda Professional, one of their most popular CBD products. I know several of our listeners have used that and have really enjoyed the results and have improved night's sleep from Ananda Professional. You can find out more at nationalrx.com. Just call Call down here. Tell them Fan Run told you to call, and uh, they will walk you through it and do a order. They can ship it to you. You don't even have to live here in Knoxville. Go to nationalrx.com to find out more. Let's go right back to the busy, busy phone lines, and Jamie is next. Good afternoon, Jamie. You're on the drive. What's up, Russ? How's it going? Good. good. Um, I was looking at your poll there and looking at somebody. was. I just don't see how anybody could not like him. It's not like he did anything to us. You know, except for elevate our program, make it easier to come in here and win. You know, modernized our arena and all that. I just don't understand why people – I think what it is is it's because they can't have him. It's, e- it's easier to cope by trying to convince yourself that you hate him. So it's easier to cope with, the, you know, I, I don't want – he won't he, – he's not coming back, uh, so I don't want him back. Well, he's I think also a coach. Uh, I mean, what's his record against uh, Pearl or against Barnes since he's been back at Auburn? Is he's? I mean, it's a winning record. It's like, Seven and four. Okay, yeah. so like he he's beaten Tennessee, and I mean, are there many coaches that have a winning record against Tennessee that you like? I don't know. I just I'm easier to it's easier for me to separate that stuff. You know, like with Spurrier, he he beat. Tennessee a lot, but it, it it wasn't just the beating us that made it easy to hate Spurrier with all the you can't spell citrus without UT crap and you know that kind of stuff. And same, you know that somebody really has to ask for it for me. I, I look at it as I try to be more objective about it. But I can see I, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Um, I don't just you know it's like I was watching some videos this morning. I had some time to kill about you know these Philadelphia uh, Eagle fans just ripping you know. Talk. These Niner fans are walking through their tunnel trying to get to the game, and Eagles fans are flipping them off, telling about they, they effing hate them, and all this. I'm just like, yikes! That's not. I, I'm just, you know, I don't know. I, I just, I, I've never had a problem with other teams' fans because I, I, I'm yeah, another team's either. fans. Yeah, you know, I, I'm another I'm team's the same fan. Way. I, I, I see that stuff. The the hate online why because you yeah. root for another team because you were born in a different area yeah. of the country or your father wrote rooted for a different team like yeah. that makes you a lesser human being yeah yeah and they'll take it you know the not just not just flat out uh, dog cussing them you know they'll they'll ball up a fist like, yeah. come on but wrong color jersey gets you knocked out but um yeah i just i've I, I think the guy, you know, he's going to have to do something for me not to like him. And uh, it's like uh, Philly said, I, um, I've i met Bruce Pearl several times. I, I, I You can't find Rick Barnes with a freaking uh, search warrant. And you said going into the top of the 4 o'clock hour that, you know, he kind of Barnes is kind of a good fit for here. Well, you see what kind of status that, you know, uh, Vitello and then Bruce Pearl and them, the, the kind of coaches get. Uh, so how how do you in your mind though, Russ? You how, why do you say he, he's a perfect fit for us? He's he's not, you know he's he's not he's prickly. I wouldn't describe him as prickly. I, I think it's a different fit for who, right? I mean, again, like this gets back to what you were saying earlier about fan, like fans. Fan bases are not monolithic, right? We got old fans, young fans, 
male fans, female fans, uh, fans of all demographics. And, uh, you know, when I, when I say he's a good fit, I'm talking more about, you know, Southern, uh, very religious, old mm-hmm. school kind of, uh, you know, family values kind of guy, like, like that kind of thing. Um, there's a lot of our fan base, I think, that identifies with that. There's some that don't care about that, and, that, and that's fine. But, uh, you know, Pearl uh, was, was a different type personality. And um, mm-hmm. I, I just, you know, that's kind of what I meant when I made that I comment. Yeah, well, that's true. You know, he is Southern. I give him that. That's about <laughs> the only thing I have in common with the guy. I mean, I'm a Christian, too, and, uh, you know, I, I appreciate, you know, those that follow the Lord. But um, other than that, I, I like to separate things. And, you know, he's a basketball coach. And it's like Philly said, you know, when we lose, it just looks so ugly. We don't think – Thank God we don't lose that much <laughs> under Barnes, and I, I give him credit for that. But, um, you know, John Reed was saying yesterday or earlier in the week about how people that are upset about the Florida loss, you say it's just about the tournament anyway. I I, I think it's a tournament sport, but I don't completely discount the regular season. I, like I was trying to say before, but maybe let me reiterate, I definitely have fun uh, being ranked number one in the regular season while it's happening. I enjoy beating teams. I enjoy beating Kentucky. You know, I enjoy, you know, Tennessee sitting on a one and two line. Those those things are awesome. I'll never say it's not. But um, I, in the same breath, I have the, the tournament is part of the season. And uh, it, it's been disappointing through here. But, you know, um, ten, you know, what, what's Barnes been here now? Six. This is his seventh year. And we'll yeah. and um, well, we won't we'll say six because we won't count the COVID year. And um, he's only been past the first weekend one time so i i'll say you know you say he there's a chance that in your mind you can argue that he's um he's done more than bruce i'll have to disagree um i said from if, where i oh my yeah, comment that's right was, i'm sorry you're right he makes it to the elite eight elite eight you would have yeah. to say he's done more yeah and i would too and i'll i'll, I'll agree with that um you know but nobody will take this away and you'll have to agree with me russ is um the, from where uh Pearl took over the program to where he left it compared to where Barnes took over the program to where he's at now. It's not even close. I'm going to, I'm going to have to jump in there, Jamie. I disagree. I think based on the coaches we had to have after Pearl because of the way he left it, because of, because he lied to the NCAA, like Barnes has brought us back into relevancy that wasn't there before. Because of Tyndall, because of what Mark uh, That's Conzo a good point, did, Jamie. I didn't, I didn't see any Chris Lofterns or Juwan Smiths on that roster that Barnes inherited. Mister Kentucky no. in basketball, Jamie. Did I miss no. something? That did Barnes inherit a Mister Kentucky in basketball? No, no. But I mean, it's a it's a good it's a good uh, debate, and I, I I I like I say I love this stuff. So allow me to retort. Um, I, I think I think all that I think all Barnes had to do was come in and and, uh, and dust off the um, the arena over there and and uh, and show recruits you know the the practice facility and the and the fan base support and and the facilities over there and uh, I mean just because Tyndall and and Conzo underachieved here I don't think it made it any harder I I, I think it's easy to win at Tennessee Do you all agree Can we find some common ground Is that Y'all agree it's easy to win at Tennessee in basketball. If you get a good, if you get a decent coach, and quit playing the let's go hire uh, Pruitt and Butch Jones and Donnie Tindall route and Conzo Martin, um, if you if you play like you 
you know, you want to you want to compete in something like we've done yeah. with the with um, a Hopple. It, it, it's it's an easy place to win. I mean, it, look what happened to us in football this year, guys. I mean, um, I, I hear I hear it. I, I hear the, the the music, so I'll wrap it up. Um, guys, look, I've got some time tomorrow. We're going to watch a game and I'll hopefully get in with y'all during the halftime Twitter spaces. Uh, appreciate y'all doing that, doing the Lord's work. I'll get back with you then, and if not, I'll hit, I'll hit you up in the voluntary reaction. Y'all be safe. Thank you, Jamie. Hour number three of The Drive coming up. The Drive.